Good morning, guys. The Dow was down 622 points overnight. It fell from the outset and closed on the low, and it was indeed the worst session so far of 2022 in the US. Spy futures were pointing to an 82-point loss on the open this morning. I've just looked at the market. We're down around 60. To this point in the week or to the close yesterday, we had been up around 80 points. So if we end up down the 82, it will be a flat close on the week. If we manage to close positive, it would have been the third winning week in a row. Renewed fear around the Russia-Ukraine conflict weighed on markets overnight. And Moscow is saying that they've removed troops from the border. Uh, everyone else, the US in particular, is accusing them of increasing the number of troops near the border. Obviously, something doesn't add up. And Biden was telling reporters overnight that he expects an invasion could happen in the next several days, quote unquote. In other news, we saw a rise in US initial jobless claims, fall in January housing starts, and a fall in the Philly Fed manufacturing index. So economic data did nothing to support overnight. And same Louis Fed President Bullard, who is a voting member in the FOMC, repeated his call overnight for a 100 basis point tightening by the 1st of July and said there's too much, quote unquote, mind share that has been devoted to the idea that inflation will moderate at some point. So he's sticking to his guns, wants the Fed to ramp up very quickly. Tom? He's been one of the more hawkish Fed members, voting members, hasn't he? most hawkish, I would have thought. Outside of that, we saw crude down 2% and we saw iron ore resume its slide down almost 7% overnight. Tom, lots of results again today. What is on the docket? Thankfully, fewer than yesterday. Super Thursday was a lot. But today we have Magellan, Inghams and QBE headlining. No major economic data. MFG is the standout. Talking about an on-market buyback. Dividend was higher. Average farm actually 12% higher than last year, which was interesting to see. The jump adding fuel to the talk that the bottom could be in for Magellan. QBE down more than 7% initially, underlying profit misconsensus, but was a big improvement from a more than $1.5 billion loss last year. Cut its dividend payout policy, catastrophe claims materially higher. So the market not enjoying those. And Henry, was you talked this morning on the chat about how they often surprise to the downside. So staying on trend there for QBE. Ingham's group, first half underlying results were solid, but the issue for Ingham's is they still see a lot of COVID disruptions in the second half. They did have an update in January, so that's likely softening the, or taking some of the heat out of that soft outlook, And but it, not that great. I think they were down about 2%. Instatech Pivot is also in the headlines, down 9% on reports of an incident at its ammonium plant, so not ideal for them. And just as it's Friday, give a bit of a signpost for what's on next week. Not oh, We've got heaps of companies reporting, too many to mention, Rio, Woolworths and Coles, some of the big ones, lots of ex-dividends, BHP, JB Hi-Fi, Fortescue and Horizon, all trading ex-dividend in next week with yields above 3%. And on the economic front, wages data is the headline release locally. And that's very important, as we know, for the RBA's view on whether inflation can be sustained or not. Chris. Brilliant, Tom. Thanks for that roundup. Over to you, Leighton, for some broker. Not much going on this morning yet, but I'm sure there'll be a lot more out later on with all the results. I just had Goodman Group. They were steady on their results yesterday. We've got an outperform, an overweight, a buy and an accumulate this morning. Diddy has a target price 23% above the current share price and the average target price there is 10.4% above current share price. Also got Telstra. They were down yesterday on their results about 4%. Just a couple coming through this morning. Neutral and an overweight. Nothing really too interesting there. Morgan Stanley did highlight the significant 
significance of the 5.1% organic earnings growth after that was falling for five years. And their target price was 17.9% above the current share price. And one more just had Origin. They were downgraded at Credit Suisse, but I don't think that'll move the price too much as the target price is only about 2% below the current share price. That was about all I had. Nice one, Leighton. Thanks for that roundup. Henry, what have you got in your Henry's Take section today? Hi, guys. Thank you. Uh, Just uh, in Henry's Take today, just being a little bit cautious in terms of strategy uh, and pointing out that the Ides of March are coming up. That coincides with the Fed meeting. And of course, we have all the stuff going on with Ukraine and Russia. So it's hard work pushing stuff uphill at the moment. The uh, lithium sector is something that I've been looking at and have been uh, suggesting profit taking to be uh, one way to go at the moment, especially last night we had Albemarle with their results came out. The stock was down 20% on their results. It's one of the world's largest lithium producers, not being really able to access the, uh, the, the joy at the moment of those high spot prices we're seeing. So that is certainly something to be aware of. Pilbara and Mineral Resources have also pointed to that as well. So just taking a few profits. Uh, apart from that, that's about it really in Henry's take today. Henry, on the lithium front, did you see the Bell Potter upgrade for all chem, the old Orocub Cobre rather? Did you make anything of that? They're dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> they had a target price, which implies almost 90% upside. So I thought that was significant. Yeah. I haven't read the research. If you put in the spot prices to companies, then uh, you will see significant prices. Um, Macquarie has a $6.60 target, or well, not a target, but if you put in spot prices to the Liontown Resources, for instance, Macquarie comes up with a valuation of $6.60. The question is, what are you putting into your uh, input data in terms of those price forecasts for lithium? And at the moment, we are seeing big spot price rises. It's a question of whether you can access that uh, those really good times. And uh, most analysts are predicting that after 2024 to 2025, a lot of supply will be coming on stream. And we've seen that with a lot of companies that are cranking up production and uh, actually producing in those years. So uh, lithium will return to a more normalized level. But certainly uh, there is a divergence of views at the moment on lithium. Uh, we've done very well out of the lithium rise. We bought things like Pilbara at a dollar. So uh, just happy to take the top off it at the moment and see how things pan out. Thank you, Henry. Uh, just remind everyone, Henry, when your event is there in Sydney. Um, it is March the 16th, but uh, I have to say this has been designed as an intimate event for probably 30 people. And uh, I have been inundated with people that want to come. So if you are interested in coming to the Sydney event, hopefully we'll do it in other places, then uh, be quick. Yeah, I was just going to give you a, a shout out, Henry, and get everyone to rally around you and show their support. Seems that has already happened. I hope you don't mind letting the audience know that you're going to have some special guests there, obviously yourself, first and foremost, but Adam Dawes, who was on the call with yesterday. Uh, Dawes is a great fella. And Julia Lee, of course, very well respected and well regarded. Uh, and most importantly, if we get good support, seems like we already have, and Henry gets good support, then hopefully uh, we'll take the show on the road. So uh, any members who are interested, as Henry mentioned, make sure that you reach out, get around it, show support. Uh, and hopefully this is the start of something very special in terms of running some events now that COVID and the pandemic is winding down. All right, to my uh, section today, uh, technical trades, there's not a lot going on. I'm actually running a webinar this afternoon, Chart Chat 12.30. Still plenty of spots available for anyone who wants to sign up. There's 15 charts that I'll be running through and then a couple of questions at the end. I'll keep it tight. It'll be a half an hour session. I also updated theme Thursday. I was supposed to do it yesterday, but as I said, I was on the call uh, with Koshi and Dorsey. Uh, so I've visited that today, just backing over the energy theme that I launched last week. Uh, positions in there are going okay so far, and I still believe in the energy theme. Uh, and then just had a little short list of other themes that we might explore in future. So uh, check that out for anyone who is interested. All right, to the question of the day, 
question is, what is the stock that people believe have had the best set of results so far? So we'll go around the room. Start actually with Henry. We'll get Henry's idea online. Well, I have to say, I was pretty impressed with the Magellan result, considering that the stock has been down and out beaten to buggery. Uh, the uh, result was actually pretty good. They still made 248 million bucks, uh, and they're doing a, a nice little option issue. The stock is up 12.5%. Admittedly, there's a lot of shorts around, but I think this will certainly keep critics in their box for a little while longer. And maybe it just shows power of the machine. We've talked about that before with Bank, but this certainly shows the power of the machine. And it's not just a one-man band. As are all good companies, there is a team behind it. Nice call, Henry. Well done. Uh, and on point as well. Tom, what did you have? I picked CSL. They had results uh, the other day up more than 12% since that release. The dividend was unchanged. Profit was 15% above expectations. The one thing that I like to bring up is there's a calculation done by UBS a couple of periods ago that said for every 5% increase in plasma collections, that was essentially a 2% upgrade for earnings. And they're going to see collection volumes improve back to pre-pandemic levels aiming by March. So at the share prices, looks like it's bottomed. And I think there's upside in CSL. Nice one. Good call. Uh, we'll skip me for the moment. Ben, what have you got? I would do computer share, but I talked about that yesterday. So I'll mix it up a little bit. With Woodside, they had a 93% increase in operating revenue and more than doubled their full year net profit. We've been talking about oil for a while. We know they're potentially in for a good wicket. So or have already seen a good wicket. So that's my best performer from the period. Nice one. Uh, my one was South32 reported a net profit after tax of a billion dollars a year ago. It was 136 million. So these guys have blown it out of the park. The consensus was 911 million. So around 10% ahead of even expectations. Revenue was up 32%. Their margins fattened up. All the commodities that they pull out of the ground are flying in terms of the prices. And that has been the rising tide that has lifted uh, not just South32's boat, but a number of materials companies' boats. But I think that commodity price strength will continue. And these guys are very operationally efficient. They're fantastic. And they've also upgraded their capital management program, throwing another 110 million at it, totaling $2.1 billion. Finally, the yield was 1.4 cents last year. It's now 8.7 cents or the dividend was 8.7 cents this time out. So lots to cheer there. Great set of results. It's trading around $4.50. I think it'll probably get up to $5 and I've liked this one since about $3.50. So go me. That sounds like a more of a pitch than a... <laughs> yeah. That's me talking my own book. That Let's well just done. be realistic. Well done. All right, guys. Short and sharp today. Thanks very much. Catch you next week. Thank you.